beg your pardon, said the mole, pulling himself together with an effort. You must think me very rude, but all this is so new to me. So, this is a river? The river, corrected the rat. And you really live by the river? What a jolly life. By it and with it and on it and in it, said the rat. It's brother and sister to me and aunts and company and food and drink and, naturally, washing. Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. Let's uh, talk about Wind in the Willows. I'm almost nervous to talk about this just because it's such a, uh, for a children's book, it, it seems like it could sprawl in so many different directions. So let's just talk about first, like what we're even bringing to the table. How did you even encounter Wind in the Willows to, to start out with? So I, I think as a kid, and I didn't realize this until just a month or so ago when you recommended that we do this for this podcast and I bought a version of it because we didn't have a version around home. I realized, I think I realized that the, the version I was introduced to as a kid or that I had as a kid was, I think was like a digested version of it. Because when I read this the, over the last couple of weeks, it is completely different and completely blew my mind. So I feel both a little bit disappointed and like gypped that I had the, the abbreviated version as a kid. But it has been such an awesome surprise to get this whole new book like out of the blue and as an adult is kind of fun too. And, um, and when you read, when you got it recently, did you read it aloud to Elena or did you guys make it through there together? Or? Yeah, so we're, we're still working through it because it is, um, <laughs> I literally did not know what to expect. So I just started off and we can talk more about this, but the the language is a little more complex than your average like, board book for two sure. and three year olds. Um, so reading it aloud was kind of a, an interesting challenge and it's, it's definitely more sophisticated than what she's used to. So it's, it's a slower, we like kind of reread sections and we do a lot of talking about different sections of the book. And so I kind of raced ahead and, and finished it and we're kind of slowly working our way through it together. Yeah. I've actually run across things online that talk about how, how to introduce your child to Wind in the Willows. And, oh, and they recommend oops. reading it aloud because because of the the language is, is so lyrical. Yeah. Um, which the, the title suggests, though there's nothing about, as far as I can remember, there's nothing about wind or willows in the actual book. So, But maybe it's suggestive of the general aesthetic <laughs> of, of the book. I don't know. Uh, Jack is, so Jack is, well, we read this to Jack uh, when he was an infant. Um, we actually started reading this aloud on our honeymoon, uh, mm. in, in Costa Rica, <laughs> so, so just, a, just, you Contrast. know, a, just a romantic book about toads and toads and moles, uh, beach read, but he's, there's like a compendium of stories that, that Jack has, um, Goldilocks and, and so there'll be a chapter of that. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of, he's familiar with it. Now I encountered this book through long ago and far away, which was this public television program hosted by James Earl Jones that would pick Russian fairy tales, Robert Browning poems, live action 
documentaries of a boy in Tibet, uh, a claymation of one of the willows. And so that, that was my introduction to it. And then I read it a, a bunch as a kid. It is a, it is a crazy book. Um, and I like the, there's that Piper at the, well, maybe, maybe I'll just describe yeah, sort of the, 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 the general, the general thing before I get into specifics, but, but that's a very hard thing to do. Cause it, if, if so, if, maybe I'll tackle it this way. If this book came to me as uh, somebody work, working at a publishing house, hmm. I would, maybe I would have rejected it. Yeah. Just because, or, or at least my note would have been, what is this book trying to be? I don't like, what is this? Who is its audience? Like it's, it's ostensibly a children's book. Supposedly it one, one perhaps apocryphal, apocryphal stories that it grew out of uh, the author, Kenneth Graham caught a, like had seen a water vole in his, his garden or something. And then he was going to show it to his son, then it escaped. But then he started telling his son stories and that mm-hmm. this book grew out of the bedtime stories. And so it does have that kind of almost uh, rudderless improvisational bedtime story where you just start talking and then it, it kind of gets out of hand. But I mean, the, the way it starts, it's, it's a, it's a mole doing some spring cleaning in his house. It's all these anthropomorphic creatures that are essentially every now and then they, they are, they kind of behave as animals, but mostly it's just turn of the century English squires, but if they were toads and moles and, right. and, and things like that. So moles doing some spring cleaning and then he goes and, and ventures forth, and then he just starts meeting. Apparently, he's been, always been sort of uh, retiring his whole life, so he's never really gotten out and met met his neighbors and, and the people around him. So he meets a water rat, and then they meet Mister Toad, and they uh, who is this uh, rich sort of spoiled playboy figure that lives at Toad Hall, and and then so for, for a while the, the the book is just meeting woodland creatures from mole's perspective and then it takes this bizarre shift and it becomes much more centered on toad who uh is always pursuing these hobbies and he gets on this hobby that is motor cars but he's a terrible driver so he keeps on wrecking motor cars (laughs) and he gets in legal trouble and then he has to uh, escape from jail because and he's addicted to driving motor He's addicted to driving motor cars. So it, it becomes cars. a bizarre story about addiction. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and, and, and there, there's all these books that have, that have arisen out of this. So that one of them is counseling for toads and it's about <laughs> the counseling they take with toads to try and cure him of his motor car addiction. Anyway, so then he goes to jail and he, uh, he escapes from jail, dressed as a washerwoman, but then he comes back and his home has been overtaken by ferrets and, and and stoats and the wicked woodland creatures and they have to purr that they, they have to uh, toad and mole and badger and rat the, the four the four main characters have to fight them off so that toad can regain his ancestral home and then that's and then it kind of ends there and and toad is still not really reformed because like, he He's very vain. He can't stop talking about himself and he's very penitent. He has sort of extreme moments of penitence, but then he's kind of back to the same thing. Uh, like the, the, the same mode. Is that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel that I, I butchered it, but also I, I don't know how else. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it, it's such a, it. like you said, it's so unconventional. It's unlike anything most people have probably read when they think about 
children's books. I So I will tell you, I don't know if this is going to just confuse people or, or help people. <laughs> My first association when, as I was reading this book was, it reminded me a lot of a, a book I was just in love with as a kid, which was Dolaire's Greek Mythology. Did you ever see that book? Uh-uh, no. I, I, mean, oh, man. I, I was, like, books of Greek mythology really dominated my youth so like I, i'm surprised but so I, I feel like i can sympathize um even if i haven't read that particular one but, but go, go on so it's a collection of all the classic like greek myths it's beautifully illustrated which by i got when i ordered the, the wind in the willows i got this hardbound really well illustrated book which i am really glad i did because i think that helps my daughter a lot sure because um, there's so many pictures but anyway it's it's a book of all the Greek myths, um, and they're written at the level that is, it, it's not like a kid's book necessarily, but kids can understand it and follow it, um, and it's appropriate for for kids, not Ovid, um, the Ovid versions. Right. Um, but it's, you get these like, they're separate stories, but then they, the characters like interlock and kind of interweave sure. with each other all the time, right? So you lo- you learn like the main Zeus story, but then Zeus is always showing up in, in other right. like myths. And so I kind of feel like that's how this book works. And then it's, it, yeah, okay. you get introduced to kind of the main characters. And then there's all these sort of like sub stories within yeah. what's a kind of loosely overarching plot line. Let's talk about that though. So some, but, but, the, but the, and this gets back to why I might've rejected it. And I would have been the only one, by the way, publishers all over the place rejected this because they were yeah. confused as what it was. And even when it came out, the initial reviews were very poor. I think the times literary, literary supplement said, as a contribution in natural history, the work is negligible. Which, <laughs> to try and read this as, as, as a treatise of, I mean, if you're trying to learn more about the, the habits of like, toads and moles, it, it, this, this, this will be a letdown. Hashtag but, missing the point. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but, but what is the point? So the, one of the chapters is The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which is the uh, inspiration for the title of the first Pink Floyd album, coincidentally. And that speaks that. to its tone a little bit because it's they encounter the god pan speaking of greek myths and it's a it's total it doesn't it's it's very much uh a tangent from the rest of the it, it doesn't relate to it at all they're they're uh, this baby maybe otter gets yeah, lost otter. and then they hear this music and then it's well they decide like the to, pi- they decide to help out because they're friends with the dad and so they go right. looking for the baby otter but, but then, then it they, gets surreal they, really quickly and then they have this kind of religious experience where all of a sudden words are capitalized like awe and yeah. and it, it was the man and like that that it's of him and him is capitalized and so all of a sudden they're in the presence of this deity and then and they hear this music and it's unlike right. anything they've ever experienced before right. and, and so they're just they overcome have, with the sublime kind of that's right and then and then afterwards that's it there's no it doesn't reference that again like, well, it, they, they also they lose their memory for it, right? Right. Which That's is a, key. So it's white, yeah. but I mean, but the but the reader doesn't. The re, so the reader afterwards, <laughs> like, WTF? What was that? Back? <laughs> what was that back there? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's odd, but it's also the. I think it's the inflection point in the overarching story. So up until that point, it's this: you're getting introduced to all the main characters and sort right. of their personalities. But then after this. It be and and you as the reader, your um, mole is the central character because 
Mole is like the reader in that Mole didn't know any of these other characters. And so he's right. kind of the, the new one. So he's, he's meeting all these people. He's learning about the world. That, and, and so as you as a reader, you go along. So you're getting set up for this right. whole kind of world. And you're, you're kind of making friends with all these characters. But then after this very bizarre sort of sublime Piper at the Gates of Dawn chapter, the next chapter is Toad's Adventures. And this is where Toad really, his, his motor car addiction really gets Takes out of turn. control. Sure. And this, the, the story changes from all these little kind of like vignettes and episodes about characters to the, the main story is Toad has a serious problem and his, his friends band together to try and help him. Right. deal with this at first it's an intervention they try they confine him to his quarters at his house but he escapes and he, he does he does the same thing over again and like you said while he escapes the real kind of the, all the mischievous woodland creatures take over his house and so it becomes this quest where the, the four friends have to band together to retake his home and help out their their poor buddy toad but i think that 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 chapter is don't you think i think that's where yeah the, that's right it shifts right yeah, well, I mean, certainly nothing's the same after. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, there, there's very much it very much feels like two different kinds of book. What, what the first expository, just mole exploring the woodlands and meeting new friends, and then the the trajectory of of Toad, like losing you know losing losing control and then having to regain his ancestral home ancestral home. Right. And so I think, but if the book had been, if the book had basically started with Toad's Adventures, it would have been a much more palatable story, right? Like people would have grokked it a little bit easier. It's a story about this kind of crazy out of control Toad and his friends kind of help him reclaim, you know, fix up his mess. And, but I, so one of my experiences reading this was I loved the first six or seven chapters, the kind of expository ones that are very loose on plot because I I found it so refreshing not to be constrained by like an overarching plot narrative where you, you just get to like like learn about all these different characters and kind of it, it feels like kind of becoming friends with all these people and like exploring right. this world, which I think is really just pleasure. It's just really enjoyable. And part of it is because there is no demand of an overarching plot, I think. What do you right. do you think about that? So I have I have a few thoughts. One of them is partly that works because uh, he's a truly tremendous. His gift for visual description and since mm. he's he's a really good writer, so that <laughs> that, that helps. I mean, the, my one of the reasons that I, I that we decided to do this was I talked we were talking about food in books, and I said if we're going to talk about food in books, like we can't mm. we can't really talk about it until we deal with one of the wills, which is just an excuse to describe picnics, <laughs> just to move from one, just you, you, you get in the rowboat, you unload the hamper and then, and then the next is just a catalog of, of, uh, of this movable feast. So, but he's a really good writer. And, and also the first part of it does feel like a children's book in spite of maybe the, the more sophisticated language, because a lot of children's books, are like that where it's just, it's more about the characters and exploring a world like cars and trucks and things that go. Yep. There's a loose plot, but really it's, you're seeing, you're learning about the characters, you're seeing them in different, different settings, but there's not really a plot tying those settings together. You're just, you're you're not, 
playing dress up isn't the right word, but you're, you're just sort of seeing them staged in different ways without there being a real driving narrative. You know what I mean? And so I think right. kids, kids can appreciate that sort of thing. And, and, and adults can appreciate because he's a good writer and the, the, the characters are pretty psychologically, they're, they're pretty well drawn, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially the, the four kind of main characters. They're very interesting. Um, and, and so what do, what do you think about them? Do you, th- I mean, as a, as a psychologist, like what, what do you think about like, do you, were you, were you ready to hop it? Were you, were you thinking I could have, if I was, if I was, if, if, if Toad was my patient, I, I would have, I would not have done this or would have done that or. No, you know, I, I think it's great that I, um, one of the benefits of being a, um, literature major in college before kind of diving into the world of psychology is I, I, I sort of feel like that's oh, literature and story is always my first allegiance so that when I start a book, oh, it's, it's not hard for me English to just enjoy first, the book. Like psychology it, PhD second. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not hard for me to like keep that psychologist switch off and not really think too much about that stuff, which, which is important. Like it, it would not have been the same experience if I was kind of analyzing character archetypes um, as I, <laughs> as I went, but after finishing the book, you do the, these four characters that are very different. So there's mole, there's rat, there's toad, and there's badger, right? How, okay, let's, I want to, I want to answer that question, but let's kind of briefly sketch out the characters. Like how would you describe each of the characters in, in brief? Right, so mole, so mole is, mole is the kind of naive yep. and part of that just doesn't, it's un, one of the strange things about this is it's almost as if, Mole has lived his entire adult life in a hole, which underground. Mole, yeah. <laughs> he has, but it really feels like he's he is an adult. But when he when he he's never really been far from his home, and so he has to learn about the world, and that makes him almost a child. The way that he reacts, he has this he has this yes. childlike wonder, right? And as as he pointed out, that makes him an ideal vehicle for the reader who is having to learn about this world as well. And, and appropriately enough, the first person he meets is rat or ratty, who was an ideal guy because rat is very competent. He loves the river. He's, he's, and he's friends with all these creatures already. So he's friends with Toad. He's friends with Badger. He's very knowledgeable. He seems like kind of a man about town, like man of the world. Is is that, is is that, is, is that a fair description? Um, he does eventually, uh, and very technically proficient. Like that's, that's a, right. The thing you get about him. Yeah. Like he get rat can take care of himself. At, at one point the, the mole uh, goes into the woods and gets caught in a snowstorm. And then the rat has to go, like he, he, he grabs a cudgel and has to go into the woods and, and find him and, and rescue him. And so the rat, like the rat's a good person in an emergency. Um, but then, so the mole has seemed kind of childlike, until you meet Toad, and then Toad really seems, in some ways, like more of a child because he has so little self control. He's very rich. He's very impulsive. He he can't stop buying and wrecking motor cars, which would <laughs> <laughs> the kind of addiction that would really, you know, w- wear itself out. Um, he, but he but, does. So, but do you, do you find do you find Toad's repugnant? Like, or is there something incorrigible? Is a word that a lot of people use to describe mm. the, the Toad, like. You can't reform him, but you're kind of charmed by him, or maybe you're not. Char- are are you charmed by him? Like, what do you think? He, he's, yeah, I mean, I think he, that's he one acts. Of the- he acts. He acts very selfishly, 
you know, even though he has all these friends that are trying to protect him from his worst impulses, but at the end of the day, you've, you kind of root for him. Maybe you recognize him, him, some of yourself. And, and he does have his moments where he has these acts of these grand acts of generosity or there is something winsome about him. Like, what, what do you think about that? When the girl returned some hours later, she carried a tray with a cup of fragrant tea steaming on it and a plate piled up with very hot buttered toast, cut thick, very brown on both sides, with the butter running through the holes in it in great golden drops like honey from the honeycomb. The smell of that buttered toast simply talked to Toad, and with no uncertain voice. Talked of warm kitchens, of breakfasts on bright frosty mornings, of cozy parlor firesides on winter evenings when one's ramble was over and slippered feet were propped up on the fender, of the purring of contented cats and the twitter of sleepy canaries. Toad sat up on one end once more, dried his eyes, sipped his tea, and munched his toast, and soon began talking freely about himself and the house he lived in and his doings there and how important he was and what a lot his friends thought of him. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the the great things about this book is trying to figure that out like why having that immediate impression of like he's kind of a sleaze bag and like he shouldn't have any friends but he does have these friends who are incredibly loyal to him and, and right. go to great extremes to help him out and i think that's what's cool about the book is that that is at least for me was reflected as the reader like i was kind of thinking to myself like i shouldn't like this character but he's kind of compelling too and i think you alluded to it i think a big part of that has to be that we like we see ourselves in that. Like all of us, whether you think of yourself as an impulsive, selfish person or not, we all have moments of selfishness and impulsivity. That's right. Like all and, the time. And that's why, so we haven't got to the fourth character, but like, which is Badger. And, and really he's, I would say of the four, he's the least uh, fully realized. He, yeah. has, he, gets the, he gets the least screen time and he's almost maybe more archetypal. He's, Maybe he feels like a generation older than the other characters. He was friends with Toad's father. And he father. is, yeah, and he he is right. He's friends father, with Toad's yeah. father. And so a lot of it is, if your father could see you right now, like that that kind of attitude. Right. Uh, and they, they he hibernates a lot. So he's, he's, he's not available. But he uh, is usually called on in times of emergency. So he's yeah. never gadding about in, you know, uh, these caravans or like, boating outings or things like that. He's in his room, presumably like storing up for the winter. <laughs> or, or I don't but know, he's like, kind of, but he's kind of a teddy bear at heart too. Right. Right. That's right. He's like, ultimately he, 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 and the fact that he, he ha he does, once you get past the gruff exterior, right. He, you know, he, he actually does, you know, feel very warmly towards, uh, towards toad and, and, and is actually very kindly. Um, but it's this like stiff, it's this kind of old codger. Right. Um, and whereas uh, he feels like an old codger, Rat feels like sort of like a, I don't know, he feels very adult. Like he still has, he still maybe doesn't always act prudently in every occasion. And he has his own passions. Like at one time he realizes he has to get back to the river because he really misses it. But in general, he just seems like a, a normal adult. Whereas the the two characters whose perspective you most share are Toad and Mole. And both of them have this childlike experience of the world right right yeah i think so but this is another way in which it's this book is so fascinating is that these characters are they're a really interesting hybrid of in some ways being more 
kind of modern like novel style characters like they they've got a lot of psychological depth to them right. but they're also archetypal like they feel like what my first one of my first thoughts after finishing the book was these four characters they're 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 archetypal in the sense of like the Winnie the Pooh characters you right. know like Pooh is like the sanguine happy one and Rabbit's the like angry you know um irritable one and Tigger's the super impulsive kind of right. nutty one and so they they have like elements of that right where R- Ratty is the very competent slightly neurotic one and mole is sort of easygoing really easygoing kind of naive generally pretty content one and badger again is you know he's a little bit more uh, okay but so but i don't but i think what's compelling about the characters is they're they're not just archetypes they've got that in them somehow but it it doesn't it's almost like it's deliberately restrained from that and here's another way that is different from winnie the pooh and that the those character like there's a lot more adult stuff happening to Winnie the Willows. So right. Tigger, maybe he's impulsive and that means he bounces up on his tail, you know, up and down on his <laughs> tail or he's not out buying motor cars and getting arrested and going to jail. <laughs> so it's like, right. like stealing for, 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 grand, for grand theft auto. Right. Right. Um, so, and you know, no, no matter what you think like about uh, like, it's the characters they they don't stand in like it, it seemed like the the, the the wildwood is a, a much more dangerous place than the hundred acre wood right right yeah and they're very real consequences to things and very real problems and dilemmas um like the baby otter gets lost and everyone right. basically thinks he's dead, you know, and they, right. they end up finding him and saving him. And yeah. And nobody, nobody in the, nobody in the hundred acre wood ever has to arm themselves with sabers and blunderbusses to go and. <laughs> recap. Right. But I think, but I think this book is very self-conscious about it's, it's partly a children's book, like, um, like Winnie the Pooh or something, but it, but even if you just look at the, the chapter titles of this, so one of the chapters is called Dolce Domum. So it's, it's literally, it's in Latin. The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, right? It's about Pan, the Greek god. The last title is The Return of Ulysses. Right. Right. So it's very much referencing mythology, too. Do you think that's, I mean, do you think that's partly there were different expectations put on kids then? So that like, that peop, there was more chance that a seven-year-old might be able to read Latin and know who Ulysses was than today's seven-year-old? I think that's probably true, but I don't, I doubt whether that was the main I mean, this is always tricky territory, but I doubt that was the main intention of the, like, I yeah, think this, well, once again, this is a whole thing about the audience. I don't get the sense that this was a, they've been workshopping this with focus groups. I think it was just, Ken Graham just kind of cut loose. Maybe it started as a, a bedtime stories and it was published as a children's book, but this is just him going. Like, so, yeah. I mean, and, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of like the Hobbit too. Like it's right. this, this thing that just kind of like emerged, like out of genius, it just sort of like emerged and it was different and very different than anything that came before it. And yeah, but, but I think, but I still think it was intention. Like, I don't know. I, I get the sense that. Well, the Hobbits are really good. The Hobbits actually a really good reference because Bilbo and, and the Molo are actually very similar. They, they live in this whole, whole, like the Hobbit started on a hole in the ground. They lived a <laughs> Hobbit. Not a nice draft. And it's about him doing his spring cleaning and not having a nasty, dirty hole, you know, but a hobbit hole. And that means comfort. And that's, that's most characters are much like that. And then he gets called away to this adventure and this quest. And that's, that's what happens to, to mole too. And then much like uh, the Tolkien books, 
it, it starts off and it, it just seems very homey and like uh, uh, very British. And then by the end, it's it's become it's taken on the story's kind of taken on a life of its own. And you encounter something like you bump up against things like Pan or dragons. And, and, and by, by the end of it, all of a sudden you have this fully realized world. You have in Tolkien's case, you have Middle Earth. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> but you, you could you could in a weird way, I you could imagine the Lord of the Rings version of this. Like, yeah. you, I think you could really expand that. Although, interestingly, The Hobbit was a full ge- written a full generation after this. Right. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I got to imagine that this influenced it in, in some way, right? I mean, yeah. Tolkien had to have been aware of it. Um, but, but I think, so let, can we transition a little bit to talking about, so we kind of talked about the characters. Um, and I don't, to, to finish answering your question about sort of the psychology there, I, I don't, I don't know that the, I, I don't like to read too much into that. I don't I don't know if there's like a straight kind of framework or mapping for this by any means. Um, but I think to me, what's important is it's it's this struggle bet- or this tension between very um, particular kind of individualized characters, but also trying to express archetypes and, and broader okay. themes too in those characters. So 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 what what do you mean by that? So like what what, what is an example? Yeah, so so mole is obviously like like we talked about the naivete and, and like innocence, right? And sort of like learning about the world. And then and you got um, both um, in sort of different ways. Both Ratty and Badger are sort of like Virgil, like mentor sure. characters, like kind of teachers, right? And then and then you do have Toad is kind of the the really like impulsive, instinctual one you know if you wanted to psychoanalyze it kind of the id kind of like impulse um in all of us so i I think it's i think it's deliberately referencing and touching on archetypes and like even mythologies to some extent or at least very informed by go on yeah but it, it doesn't like lose sight of to me it feels like first and foremost like this is just it's a story about very real characters that are they are themselves more than they are archetypes i think and and that's and they're also more complex because of their friendship like yeah. their their friendship isn't i mean it's not like um they strictly they strictly act with as their archetypes within their friendship they they act like friends they just act like reg, like a regular group of friends like everybody's going to have every group of friends is going to have somebody that tends toward toad or tends to that but but they're not gonna every now and then um they sort of they 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 act outside that too there, there, there's times when they, they sort of break character or, or one passion rises to the surface or yep. rat becomes a, like he gets he gets caught up with that weird there's that weird incident wow, with the sea rat a cool chapter. yeah the uh wayfarer is all is yeah and so it, it's about how like so you all we always think about the rat as and this is kind of the rat as the man about town and the, the competent one and the proficient one. And for mole, he is because mole has only known his mole hole. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, nothing against mole holes. <laughs> nothing against moles. But, but rat knows the river and the wood and kind of like the, the general, but then rat comes in contact with this sea rat who has not just been around the river, but has been around the whole world. And then all of a sudden to the Mediterranean and, and all, all those sort of things. And then, rat's world all of a sudden seems very small and so and he's he's enticed by the idea of like but then he also misses the river and so no he's convinced like the the sea rat gets him to start leaving town to go that's what i'm saying but but, but then he but then he but then he remembers but 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 he's well because of mole though right right mole 
yeah, shake some. So, out so, of the, it. so there's a role reversal. So mole is the is is, yeah. like the, is the steadying hand to rat when rat gets like carried away. So yeah, so that, that's a time when they they don't they don't act they don't act in archetypal character, but they act in character because their characters are actually a little bit more complex. Yeah, and they're evolving. They change right. over time, right? Even even Toad, like I, I'm pretty sure, right at the end, he's ostensibly really made a change. Um, is that, is that, do, do, do we buy that? Do we buy that Toad is, because Toad, Toad is also very good at, at tricking people into thinking that he's made a change. Uh, and maybe I'm influenced by, in the long ago and far away version, I think it wraps up and then you hear like a tut, 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 and it's like Toad is like behind oh. the wheel of an airplane. Or there's some kind of, and it's like, ah, Toad, back at it again. But um, I, that's, that, I don't think that's, that's from the book. But do you feel like at the end, to, to, he's a changed Toad? I think it's deliberately ambiguous. I, I think that's part of the the magic of it is that you you could make pretty good. Like the author seems to go out of the way to to give evidence that this is certainly different than any of the other. Cha- it's it's definitely more significant than the other changes he's made earlier in the book. Um, but there's no like if you've read this much about Toad, there's no way that you're just completely convinced that all of a right. sudden he's he's totally different. I mean, so it, one of the very last within a page of the end, it says he was indeed an altered Toad. And then it then it has kind of a, a few paragraphs of synopsis, and it doesn't give anything to to make you doubt that. But yeah, like you say, I don't I don't know. It's 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 hard to know. Like people people talk. He 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 stays out of prison, so I, I guess like at the very at the very least, like he's 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 changed a little bit. Right, and and but part of what makes the whole story, especially the, the major arc in the end, poignant is that there his friends are doing this because they're his friends. Like they're not, they're not really doing it because they, you know, have to fix him or they, they have to like save Toad Hall. That's they're, right. You get the sense that it, it's just because he's their friend. And like, that's just what you do yeah. is like you help, you help your friend when he's in trouble um, without yeah, any but, kind of major expectation about what they're going to do in return. Yeah. And that, that seems like a pretty good, so this is at the heart of it. Um, it's, it may be a negligible uh, contribution to natural history <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it may be kind of a confused as a book of, sort of psychoanalysis. I don't know. You know, maybe it's, maybe there's, it, it, it could, it could do more. And even though it spawned cookbooks, it's, it's not, you know, it's not that, but it is a book about friendship and, yeah. and th- that is a unit. And even if it, even if it the, the the plot and the trajectory change, like friendship is a constant throughout the whole book, and he and he he nails that beginning to end. Yes, um, and I, but with the one of the things that I think makes just makes this story for me is that the wrinkle on that is it's a book about friendship, but it's 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 about friendship in a very particular context, which is in this tension kind of between the other like. Mage to me, like major theme of this book is like a sense of home versus oh, yeah. adventure, and so it's it some I haven't totally worked this out, but somehow it's about friendship in the context of like a very specific in like as as yeah, rich no, as the characters are, like the world is just as it, it's very Tolkien esque yeah, no, in that. That's sense. really good, and, and and often those things come into conflict. So. Yeah, mole mole leaves his his house and goes exploring, and then apparently doesn't go back for several months, and he just like lives with the rat for a while, right. and then suddenly, this wave of longing for his own home comes over him, 
And then at first, Rat doesn't understand like what's going on. And but then all of a sudden he does understand and he goes back to Mole's home and they finish cleaning it up and they they kind of reestablish Mole there and Rat says a lot of nice things about his house. So they're that, that's a that, that, it, yeah, it, it's about because sometimes like to, to be friends with people, you have to leave sort of your comfort zone in your home and, and, and be with them. Yeah. But there is, but there is like, but you're never really Or just to make friends generally. That's you right. Gotta you gotta get out of your hole, right? That's right. But 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 you're never truly comfortable. You have to return sometimes, and mm-hmm. and so and and there is a way in which all of them it, you get to see all of them in their own environment. You get to see Badger, and his in his den. Toad Hall features prominently. You know, Rat's home. Rat, Rat's home is more of the river itself, but but yeah, um, that, that that's a that's a really good point. It, it's well, about the, the, the friend. I mean, quite literally, the friendship wouldn't have worked if Rat had gone off with the sea rat. Right, because Rat is very close to just ditching. I mean, literally ditching all his friends and going right. off traveling around the world. And but presumably the whole the project saving Toad would not have worked really if right. he hadn't been there, if he hadn't been a part of it. So it's this tension between your like, yeah, like you said, like sort of the the compromises and trade offs that go along with the specific kind of environment and world that those friendships take place in. And, and also picnics. They 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 eat they eat super well. <laughs> so, so many picnics. This book, when I I throughout the book, but especially at the beginning, this book reminded me so much of college. I got crazy nostalgia for college reading this book because it to me college very much felt like because I, I went out of state to college and and it I just showed up at this place. I like left my little hole and I showed up at this place and there were all these. I felt like I was just dropped into this scenario where there were there were like a lot of Texans like running around who kind of like knew each other and knew the, the surroundings. And I was like, what is going on here? And then a few like very good friends kind of took me under their wing and sort of introduced me to this. So it, it felt very like college-y, but in the sense of it's this, it's this like pivotal time between like home and adventure and growing up, right? Yeah. And it's a... Yeah, and we're it's I get and I guess that that tension shows up at, at all sorts of like developmental stages throughout childhood, right? Whether it's toddlerhood or puberty or going to college or yeah, but but college is but this is this is a book about like the coming of age books. It's this weird thing where you're not really one thing or the other. Like you're kind of an adult, but you're kind of not. And this one, you're kind of a toad, but you're also kind of an adult man. You know? so, <laughs> <laughs> but but you, does, that, does that make sense? Where it's like, what? Like, you don't really know what you are, and like, you're not. Like the bad badger maybe is like is is bound into a group, but the, but especially Toad and Mole, they're they're still kind of trying to figure out what exactly they are. And as a reader, like who isn't part of this world, you're trying to figure out what who they are too. So it's it's a it's a it's a voyage that you go on together. So you're trying to learn about like who they're going to be, what this friendship is going to look like, and then ultimately like how to understand the homes that define them too. Right. Right. Have you been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland? I, 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 I haven't. Is it does that uh, when you ride it, do you get experience those same themes of friendship and and, and and home and? No, it's just a wild ride. It's like if you were <laughs> you were with up. Toad. No, it's just a wild, wild ride. Um, he even it's actually been a long time since I've been on the ride, but I think it, it's and this doesn't show up in the book. He he descends into like into hell. I think he like goes down into like the underworld and comes back up again. And it's 
it's wild. So that that was really my first ever really? exposure to the Wind of the Willows is this crazy kind of psychedelic was it, ride from the 60s. Was it, well, maybe, I mean, you said psychedelic, maybe it, maybe that's the Piper that gates a doll. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this was good. This, you know, if I would, I don't know, just make a plug for this book. Like if people have not read this book, you should, it, it's, it's so, I just feel like it's so unique among children's books. Um, you you got to kind of explore this one. Right? And this is definitely a book that it's, you don't, you don't have to have a, uh, you could pull this, you could read this as an adult and not, oh, miss, yeah. a beat, and, and not miss a beat. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, Check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.